Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today. Isaiah, let me ask you a question. Have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? Nah, what's that? Okay, let me give you the rundown. It's basically the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you literally everything you need all in one place. Do you want to know how it works? Yeah, tell me all about it. Okay, well, Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start recording today. You don't even need any fancy software or anything like that. Whoa, we got to get on top of that ASAP. Right? And there's still more. You can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify, with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place that you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. What? I'm on Spotify every day. Let me log on real quick. Also, with Anchor, creators like us can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. I'm going to download the Anchor app and check anchor.fm and start today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Silent Podcast, the place that we're everything but silent. I am here today to talk about Euphoria. I have not watched Euphoria before until like the last two weeks, and I became like a super fan. These two have been watching Euphoria since God knows how long. We're here to talk mm-hmm. about everything season two and everything up to now. With me today, mm-hmm. I have my co-host, amazing friend, Josiane. Josie, this is your first time podcasting as a host. How you feel? I'm really excited. I love talking about uh, shows, anything that I'm passionate about. So to have one and hosting with one of my close friends, I mean, it can't get any better than this, to be honest. Oh, All right. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a special guest and good friend of mine, Hannah. Shout out. Hannah, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, I started school at 6.30 a.m. and I finished at 3.30. So I've been in school pretty much all day. And then Mm -hmm. I caught up on Euphoria and Mm -hmm. then I answered some emails and now I'm here. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for finding the time out of your day to join us. Of course. Yeah. Um, So we are here to talk about Euphoria. Um, Like I said, I binge watch all of this um, because a friend got me into it like last week and I was like, let me see what all like the hype is about. The hype is definitely real. It is crazy Mm -hmm. and is exciting. Um, Hannah, what made you get into Euphoria and what do you like about it? Oh my gosh. Um, Okay. So I watched Euphoria in real time when it came Mm -hmm. out back in 2019. And I think I started watching it just because my friends were like, oh my God, have you heard of this new show? Drake's the executive producer, Zendaya starring in it. Um, it has the the guy from The Kissing Booth, but everyone else was still relatively unknown. So I was like, um, let me just give it a shot. Let me watch the first episode with my friends and see if I like it or not. I had no idea what it was going to be about. Um, I guess I was sort of aware of the premise of the show. It was about like a recovering drug addict, aka mm-hmm. Zendaya's character. Um, but I didn't know what else to expect. And I think the reason why I continued watching it 
is mostly because of the fashion and the lighting and the makeup and the hair and the aesthetic. In terms of the content of the show itself, I don't know, some of the lines seem a little stiff, which isn't the actor's fault. If anything, it's the writer's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I'm not sure how realistic a show like Euphoria is for 16, 17, 18-year-olds that are still in high school. I'm sure that stuff happens in some high schools, but in mm-hmm. terms of like Fez running this whole operation and going to Mouse's house and um, shooting Mouse and then this person's dying and this person's killing mm-hmm. this person and blah, 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 blah. It's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still a huge fan of the show. I love Zendaya. I've fallen in love with all of the actors and actresses um, and the aesthetic of their characters. I feel like everything on Euphoria is so thoughtful mm-hmm. um, and considerate in terms of like the placement of Maddie's bangs and the eye makeup and eyeshadow that Cassie uses from episode to episode. So I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I almost like conducting think pieces in my own head <laughs> about each episode yeah. and each moment on the show. That was All a very right. long-winded answer. Sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> no. completely okay with it. <laughs> uh, Josie, how about you? Why do you like Euphoria? Um, I got into Euphoria because of Zendaya. I think growing mm. up, finding a Black female uh, woman who could kind of you can relate to or you can see as a role model is very important. And I think I cling, clinged on to Zendaya a lot um, in that sense uh, for what she does for the community. And so also growing up and watching the Disney Channel and stuff like that, I've been following Zendaya's career. And so to see something um, be like her star in something that Drake is executive producing was like a big thing because we always rep Drake in Toronto. It's like... That's like our man or whatever. So that's your guys' whole personality. <laughs> Literally, I, I fear I, I, I can't make it. It, it is what it it's is. Okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get into this, uh, whatever. And I think I was missing a show that I could like really watch. Um, and like it was the end of high school for me, and like I was graduating, and I just wanted like something to watch, uh, like to pass the time by, and it just helped that like everyone that I really liked um, in the industry was like in the show. I was following Barbie because um, of her um, like being like on, I guess, plus size mm-hmm. relative. Um, and I was like, yeah, this sounds like a cool show. So I got into it and I've fallen in love with the show since. So we are. Okay. That's um, so crazy that that show. Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say that's so crazy that that show came out for you when you were a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. I was a senior in college when that show came out. I'm dead. <laughs> well, I'm old. <laughs> Wait, to Barely. be fair. You're 21, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm 20. So yeah. we can vote. <laughs> I still feel old. <laughs> Like imagine, I just can't even imagine watching that show in high school versus watching that show at the end of college. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. See, something that I, that actually I found really interesting um, with Euphoria is like the cinematography when it comes to like drug use and mm-hmm. just like the way that they have everything. But 
one thing that did made me very like I was like thinking about it was um I've noticed that a lot of these streaming shows specifically like with Netflix um with like 13 reasons why and stuff the yeah. way that they kind of like portray like high school life is kind of like okay like I don't remember or actually I I never experienced it that way where there's like all like this like crazy drama and all this extra stuff but I mean that doesn't mean it's yeah. not happening you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. um and I also, went to like, school with my backpack like, and went home you feel me right. you feel me yeah um, <laughs> but the other thing was um all the actors always look like like grown adults i never like take it seriously half of the time i'm like oh, okay mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. So, um, is there any, because what we're going to do is we're going to just go through every single character and just discuss their journeys, I guess, um, and how we feel about them, where we think they're going to go and all that stuff. Um, is there any characters in specific that you guys want to start with or shall you just like, we just want to start from Rue and just go down? Let's just start from, uh, Rue. Okay. Um, so for people who are still new to Euphoria and have bad names, I have pictures for all the cast members. Hold up. So... This is Rue, for anyone who doesn't know who Rue is. That is Zendaya's character. Rue is, like, the main character. Uh, she is struggling. I Like, you know, she's a recovering addict, um, but she relapses a lot of times. But, you know, she's just honestly the girl that is going through a lot of trouble, and she's just trying mm-hmm. to figure her way out. Um, Josie, how do mm-hmm. you feel about Rue? Um, give me your thoughts on her. I think my feelings for Rue have definitely changed throughout the episodes. I think, um, and I feel like this is going to be a common theme with uh, all the characters, is season one versus season two. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. if you watch the special episodes, like the part one and the part two, you can see that there's a progressive change between how I feel. Initially, it's because we're brought to think that this is going to be um, Rue's story into change. Like, mm-hmm. just realize, like, she she didn't relapse she overdosed her sister found her um and then she went to rehab so you're thinking okay well coming into this she must you know want to stay sober and so i think i was always rooting for her and i feel like especially episode one i realized i was like i don't want to give up on her but i'm kind of like not surprised anymore like Mm. pretends to be shocked i guess like i just um, I think as a character, I don't want to say she's unrealistic though, um, because it's not an easy journey at all. I think we just sit there, um, as people who have personally never dealt with it and think, well, it's, it's easy. Just, you know, you've affected all these people around you. You've caused so much trauma to your mother, your sister, your friends, like these people around you. So why, why are you being selfish? But it's that's not the reality of her character so sometimes for me it's hard to go back and think well she is a drug addict and it's addiction she's fighting addiction so i struggle between the two um i think that i feel like i was a little bit more um kind towards my perspective of her initially i guess now i'm a little bit more i feel like her mom a little bit more you know like Mm -hmm. in the dms but yeah (laughs) um now i was gonna say and this is my question to you hannah um what is your opinion on rue and jules's relationship because i mean i have my own thoughts about it. i'm gonna say them in a second but i, I want to see mm-hmm. how you're feeling about them yeah okay so um i did not watch the two specials therefore mm-hmm. i might be missing some information but rue is 
an interesting character because I think we all know someone who struggles with addiction or we know someone who knows someone that struggles with addiction. So I think her journey in the show hits very close to home for a lot of people. And every time she pops up on my screen, my heart just breaks for her because you want her to get better. She's going to these um, NA meetings. She has a sponsor, but to no avail. Like she just keeps finding herself in the same cycle. And I don't think her friendships or her relationship with Jules for that matter are really helping her because I think in terms of her relationship with Jules, a lot of people are like, oh, well, Jules is such a good influence on Rue. But the issue is that's like putting all your eggs in one basket. Like her, Mm -hmm. the entirety of her happiness is a function of how she's doing with Jules and their dynamic. And that's a lot of pressure on Jules that could be traumatic for her. Um, And that just sets like very unrealistic expectations for anyone, let alone a 17 year old girl. So I, I kind of wish that Rue would let Jules do her own thing. Um, And I wish that Jules would stop enabling Rue. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I really think that Rue needs to focus on herself. And that's really hard to say, especially to someone who struggles with addiction. But um, mm-hmm. I don't think any of her relationships at this point are doing her a favor, with the exception of Fez, but also Fez is her supplier. So mm-hmm. it, it's a very like counterproductive, counterintuitive um, dynamic that they have going on there. Hmm. See, I'm. First of all, I don't think they should date because I think that <laughs> I think they can get a little too toxic together. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, that too. But mm. yeah. But like, um, what I'm worried about with those two is that first of all, the Elliot guy. He's new to the. He's a new thing. He's inserting himself into all that. So that's getting okay, a little like Elliot. Like, why did you have to walk into the laundry room at that exact moment? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought it was just one-sided with Rue, but it seems like he's doing this thing with Jules as well. So it's getting complicated there. Um, but uh, another thing with Jules, because, like, you know, Jules promised – well, Rue told Jules that she would try to, like, stop all this stuff. But if you've seen the last episode, she seems that she's going to be selling. But, like, I have a theory about that. I'm like, all right, there's a possibility she's going to just use all these drugs, and then mm-hmm. someone's going to need to bail her out. I think Fez is going to end up getting killed or something, trying to bail her out, or maybe Ash or I swear to God, if yeah. they kill Fez, I am done. I am. I can see it. I can see it. I think Ashtray is going to die. That's a possibility, too, because he's kind of yeah. beating everybody up right now. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, also, he's a more, like, peripheral character. So, yeah, mm-hmm. his presence would be missed, but it wouldn't be, like, wow, an integral main character right. is dead. What do you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, what, he killed Mouse. Um, he was getting ready to kill the uh, Nate's dad and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, he's <laughs> badass. I love me some Ashtray. <laughs> no, for real. Ashtray Nation. Um, I was going to say, I, um, in regards to something that you talked about, Jules and Rue, um, in the like one of the specials, it talked about, just like to recap it a little bit, um, I believe part two, which is focused on Jules, we find out that her mom was an alcoholic mm-hmm. and that's why um, the parents were divorced and that's why they um, Jules lives with her dad. And uh, it takes place during season one, but it's after season one and pretty much the mom came back into their life because she got sober and then her mom relapsed. 
which is why in the Halloween episode, she's getting wasted. It just explains that. Um, in season one, it may seem like it might be related to Nate, but after seeing that, you see that that's the link between the two. Mm, um, okay. I wish the special was in season one because it makes a lot more sense uh, with the timeline of things. But mm-hmm. I think that's also her relationship with Jules kind of mirrors her mother in the mm-hmm. sense that, um, you know, Jules doesn't want to feel like Rue is dependent on her to be sober. I think that fear also enabled her to leave uh, for New York. Mm-hmm. So Rue says immediately in the beginning of the episode, like when they first interact that she's she did relapse. You can see the heartbreak in Jules. But I think that's like, that enables again, the toxicity between the two. Like um, mm-hmm. Ali says it in like the first part, but he's like, you shouldn't be in a relationship when you're trying to get sober. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be focused on a relationship. You can't do both. You're fo- yeah. You need to focus your energy on one thing. And I think that is a point that we can all see, even though like not all of us saw like the specials or whatnot. You don't really need to, but you can see that that's a common theme. That there's knowledge that that's not right, especially with the crew who also continues to do drugs and mm-hmm. be in a relationship that's toxic with her. So it's a mess, child. <laughs> <laughs> now, can, um, can you guys see oh, go me? Ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, you're so. good. You're good. Okay. <laughs> um, so with that, um, I guess we can move to the next character because we are starting to talk about a lot about Jules. We might as well um get to her. So for those who don't know who Jules is, this mm-hmm. is Jules, um, she's a trans woman. Um, she she has a lot going on too, just like Ruth. She she has a lot going on. Um, Hannah, what what's going on with Jules? What what's your ideas on her? I'm going to be honest, I don't have much of an opinion about Jules. Um, and that could be because I didn't see the um, part two special back okay. in, was it last summer? No, 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 it was last winter. Yeah. yeah. Like it was I like think it was like around. January 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's been a minute, but the way that Jules's character is written, it doesn't feel like she has much of a presence outside of her connection to Rue. So everything that I have to say about her is just tied to mm-hmm. Rue, which we just talked about. Um, so like I said, I don't have much to say about her. I'm curious to see how she's going to develop this season. I hope she's able to get more of her own storyline and the writers are able to do her justice. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actually going to echo because Esme's in the chat. I'm going to be bringing Esme on at some point. Um, Esme says, excited to see Jules' journey this season. I agree because um, like you were also saying, Hannah, I don't, I think Jules is like almost like a blank canvas right now that can go a lot of directions. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I just want to see the whole Nate situation squared away. Um, mm-hmm. I really do feel like um, Nate's dad's going to end up like exposing himself about the whole um, sexual situation. And I feel like when that comes out, Jules is going to be more free to do what um, she wants. So like Nate's not going to have blackmail on her anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And I I think uh, Jules is going to be able to do a lot more as a character um, after all that blackmail stuff is gone. So I don't really know where she's going to go because it also looks like Elliot and her are doing something. I don't know. Um, Josie, how do you feel about her? <laughs> Jules. Oh, my God. It's it's really hard to discuss Jules because I think Hannah really touched on that point where it just feels like she is just kind of a tool to rue. I feel like there's notable can uh characters who are um pillars of the show. 
and then they mm-hmm. attach other people. And I feel like as Rue is a pillar, Jules is someone that kind of accompanies Rue in that. And I think you can also see that a bit in the frustration of Jewel. So when she said in season one, she was like, yeah, like, uh, uh, or I think she had a conversation with Kat and she said something along the lines of like, oh, I know that we said we were going to be really close this year, but I got caught up. I think that's the situation. Like Jules has only had Rue and that's why she's kind of been kind of sequestered from everyone else except for maybe Nate. And we saw how that went. So um, yeah, I'm hoping for Jules to find her own. But again, Elliot with the season, I don't know. A big question mark. I agree. I echo your sentiment about the blank campus and I'm excited to see what they could do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Are we going to see any kind of resolution with Nate and Jules directly or do you think that's just going to be something that just doesn't get addressed unless it's in court or something because i feel like i don't know i would i feel like nate needs to go to court at some point or i don't know like he needs to be taken to court or yeah i mean look you threw someone you lied under oath you got someone thrown into prison for something he didn't do he assaulted somebody um blackmail um just a lot of stuff going on he also put his hands on maddie this is just like he's a bad person so i mean i would hope he would get locked up at some point but um, oh yeah for sure um well should we just move on to talking about nate nate is like sure could honestly have a whole (laughs) spinoff with the amount of issues that he has my lord Uh, i thought rue was messy Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, right. this is what Nate looks like. Um, <laughs> what about he looks like oh. a chicken little in that <laughs> Remember Chicken Little? Oh, oh, <laughs> What's your opinions on Nate, uh, Hannah? Oh my god. Uh, where do I even start? Nate is a wreck. He's a mess. He's despicable. He's probably the least rootable character on mm. the show. Um but then he also has some like deep rooted issues with his father and their power dynamic and his father having this hold over him. And I'm not sure exactly where that comes from and how, I guess, anchoring that is for Nate. And I don't mean anchoring in a good way. I mean, it, it drags him down. Like you, you can see that it weighs on him. Um, So there's mm-hmm. that. And then also um, he's, abusive towards Maddie. He's abusive towards Cassie. He's managed to pit those two women against each other. I don't know what's going to happen when Maddie finds out that Cassie and Nate have been hooking up on the side. And then Mm -hmm. you also have Nate and Jules. Um, And after season one, I never got the impression that Nate was in love with Jules. I just thought that he was digging around on behalf of his dad. I, I just thought that he was curious to see what was happening there and again i i think that kind of ties back to the the deep-seated and long-withstanding issues that he has with his dad maybe they feel the need to compete against each other and assert their dominance over one another so he wanted to have what his dad had at one point i but i but i guess it seems like nate has some sort of romantic feelings towards jewels or Mm -hmm. desires Jules independently of his father or maybe the two are connected I don't really know and then you have Nate and Fez and Fez beat Nate up in the first episode and then you have Nate McKay and Nate was just super weird with McKay at that party and McKay was like chill 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 what are you doing and that scene made me so uncomfortable um 
So yeah, zero redeeming qualities, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> Josie, how do you feel that Nate's story is going to possibly go? Um, it it can go. Honestly, Nate is like Pandora's box. You never know what you're gonna really get. Like this man is a mess. Like you think he can't get any worse, and then he does. Like and then he does. <laughs> Anyways, oof. Sorry, mm-hmm. like I just wow, that man is something else. I think mm-hmm. Nate, when we first come across him, like the one thing that Rue says in the voiceover is what Nate's preference is, and um, it talks about hyper femininity, which I think stems from what he saw with his dad's CDs, and I think that hyper femininity is mm-hmm. what Jules really embodied in season one. I don't think she really embodies that as much anymore in season two. Her makeup, her clothing is completely different. The chop-off hair, like, it's mm-hmm. less of a hyper-femininity. But I think that's why there's sort of an attract, like an attraction to Jules that Nate has. Is it romantic? I really don't know because... To some degree, when they met for the first time, it felt like he was trying to kiss her for real, for real. It wasn't like a test. And then she said no. And that's when he Mm -hmm. flipped flipped the switch. So I think this season with Nate, um, there was conversations that I saw in an interview about how this season is about honesty for the Jacobs family. Um, And I think we really saw that when Nate uh, revealed the fact that he knows about the CDs and Jules, which was a mess. Um, And so... I think Nate is really just manipulating to do something at the end. Like from the beginning of season one, he was always doing something to get that man into jail. Uh, not Ethan. My God, what was his name? Uh, but whatever right, he, I knew you were talking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and this season, I still feel the same way. Like the way he's playing with Cassie, way he's playing with Maddie, and like the scene where he's hooking up with. Uh, Cassie, but he sees Jules and Maddie. It's a mess. I don't really know what's going on in his head. And I think that's kind of like the beauty of the show because I think he's going to really make pivot the show into something else. Like he's really mm-hmm. one of the pillars of the show. So that man can go to the trash, but he is making the plot move. So yeah, I, I'll pray for him. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think prayers and hands need to be laid. Uh, on yeah. it, but yeah, that's that's probably with that. So, right. speaking of the Jacobs family, do you guys know about the third brother theory? Oh, I've yeah, kind of heard about it. That so this is this, this the, picture. The third one? People are saying it's either. Some people think it's ashtray. I don't know. Some people think it's Fez. Um, but there's there's a huge possibility that the third brother in that picture. At some point, could could be one of those two. I don't know, um, but it would be very interesting. There's just a lot of wrong going on in the Jacobs family, and honestly, I feel bad for the mother um, because <laughs> she's gonna. Um, can you ask them? Yes, Amy, you can ask whatever you want. Just uh, type it. Um, but I feel like whenever that gets out too, like that's gonna hope be a whole nother layer. It's just gonna be a mess. Um, mm-hmm. So that's Nate Jacobs. Um, let's <laughs> go into the next person. Um, because there's a lot of characters when we're going to talk about the ones doing impact. So let's talk about Fez. I like Fez a lot. Uh, oh this my is Fez. God. <laughs> I love um, him. Josie, why do you like Fez? I 
I don't know what it is, to be honest. That man, I think it's just the way he holds himself. Like, I think the flashback really does complement who Fez is. Um, the fact that he's always been caring towards people, his grandmother, Rue, and now Faye, even though she's also a mess, but we'll yeah. move past it for now. Um, I think his caring attitude, but like, you can tell that he's doing what he's doing to survive and not to like he's not in necessarily endorsing it whereas um i feel like that's the show does things sometimes that might seem like it's glorifying it but you can tell that char fez's character kind of pushes away from that he kind of just does it because he wants to provide for his grandmother and ashtray um and i think that's really cool i feel like uh in the characters of men that we've had in this whole show he's the only one other than ashtray <laughs> that we could really support, but he's just a vibe. Like he's just, his mm -hmm. demeanor, you could tell that he's good intentioned. Yeah, king, king shit. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> yes, I love Fez. I've loved him since 2019 and it made me sad mm -hmm. that he was such a minor character last season because mm -hmm. I had been trying to convince people <laughs> that Fez was the best and people were like, who's that? And I'd be like, just you wait. <laughs> Because he's mm -hmm. going to get his own backstory in season two. And sure enough, he got his own backstory. And now people are obsessed with him. So I was years ahead of my time. But mm -hmm. I digress. Um, no, <laughs> what I like about Fez, two things. One, I think it's very neat to see the juxtaposition of him being the only moral compass on the show. Next to him kind of leading the lifestyle that he does. Mm -hmm. With pushing drugs and dealing with guns and plugs and suppliers and dealers and this and that um so it's just it's very ironic and then even the way that he dresses he's always wearing like preschool boy mm. polo shirts mm -hmm. um so I, I just think that that's very interesting too i think that kind of contributes to his like innocent unassuming mm. demeanor despite mm -hmm. the fact that he's not actually that innocent or unassuming i mean the the kid carries a gun on him all the time um and then the other thing about him is i think the actor who plays him is so similar to fez that <laughs> you just can't help but believe him like it, it doesn't even feel like i'm watching an actor it, it just feels like i'm watching angus cloud do his thing as angus cloud on euphoria um and i think because of how natural he plays the character that's why people are attracted to him and attracted to his performance. And then his little like showman's sorry, not showman's. Oh my God. Oh, not my big brother. Oh my God. His little um, like flirtation thing going on with Lexi. It's just so pure and sweet mm -hmm. and I'm rooting for them, but I'm also not because I don't want Lexi to get involved mm. in that. So yeah. I mean, I just do like that, like, the two, like, in my opinion, like, the most, like, tolerable uh, characters are, like, kind of, like, flirting together. I do want to see that work out. Yeah. I just also don't want her to get caught in the crossfire mm -hmm. or something crazy, you feel me? Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. I, you know, as long as Lexi's going to be okay, then then I'm, I'm for it, you know, but, you know. You and I both know she's about to get caught up. Listen, <laughs> I'm scared she's going to get, like, kidnapped. Like, what if she gets kidnapped or something? I'm like, still I'm holding not... out hope. Hold on. No, I'm still holding out hope, please. <laughs> no, that's probably what's going to happen. Please. <laughs> I feel bad for her. Um, okay. So, um, let's move on to some of the girls. Um, so, 
Let's talk about she's been getting a lot of screen time this season. Cassie. Okay. Let's talk about Cassie. Um, Cassie, aye, aye, aye. very broken individual. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she had a whole thing with McKay. McKay kind of got pushed to the, uh, the back this season. It's actually interesting. <laughs> Same with um, Kat, yeah. Yeah, but she really got a lot of screen time this season. Um, she got pregnant in season one and then ended up boring it. And then I guess, like, she was Nate was one of the main people along with other guys, like, pushing all her, like, pictures and stuff around, like, exposing her. Um, and then she had the whole Ferris wheel situation and messy. Um, but with this season, it seems that she, I guess, is now going to Nate, I guess, for, like, some sort of, like, acceptance. And, it, you know, they've just been hooking up and stuff, but obviously, like, Nate's just, like, you know, he's manipulating her. Um, I feel like it's going to get to a point eventually where she can't take anymore, and I think she's going to speak up and just expose. But I, like you said earlier, Hannah, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, so, uh, Hannah, how do we feel about Cassie? Is, is she have a bright future ahead of her or is something bad going to happen? I definitely think something bad's going to happen. Cassie and Rue, in a lot of ways, parallel each other. Um, I think they both have very self-destructive tendencies. And just like I said maybe 10 minutes ago about Rue just breaking my heart every time I see her on the screen, Cassie also breaks my heart because even though I don't know any woman that take it to quite the same extent as Cassie does, I still know women who kind of crave that external validation, um, especially from men. And it's not just women. I, I know people who live for that external validation and acceptance, and that's not a very fulfilling way to live. And I, I can only imagine how lonely Cassie is and how broken mm-hmm. she is. So I can't even fault her for, you know, sleeping with her best friend's ex slash current boyfriend. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think Cassie's just very damaged and she also needs help. She needs some assistance, but it's easier said than done. So (laughs) I I really hope that Cassie has, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An epiphany this season where she realizes that she's, that this is just not the way to live. It's almost like an addiction again her and Rue parallel each other in a lot of ways. I'm I'm hoping for both of their characters to have that come to Jesus um, realization yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm actually glad that you said that her and Rue kind of bounce off each other because I think that Carnival episode specifically showed that like Rue is really not the only one struggling with like this whole drug addiction thing. I think... Um, a lot of them have like their own addictions in general. Um, and like, mm-hmm. it seems like with her, uh, I mean, we've seen her get high. We've seen her get really drunk. We've seen, but I think just validation has been just been her thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, her, I've noticed her mom has been also calling like a lot of the stuff that she's going to do. Like she predicts almost like she's going to mess up a lot of the time. So, um, you maybe know, it's hope- self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. It's self self sabotage, if if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Josie, um, do you? How do you feel uh, about about Cassie here? Is there any anything extra we didn't say? I think a lot of I think I have a lot of different opinions, or how I view Cassie is a little bit more different than uh, some people. Like people are a little bit more willing to sympathize with her, whereas I'm. Not so much. I think from the beginning, the first episode, 
all of Twitter was like, oh my God, she's going through something. It was just a one-time thing with Nate. Like she's going through something. And I was like, no, like there's, there's lines that you do not cross. You see, if it was any other man on the show, any other man, any other man. Okay. Nate Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Really? You, you know, he abused your best friend, right? Like there's just things that you shouldn't mm-hmm. do and you know, you shouldn't do. And it's like, once you, you, you do it once. Okay. Then you do it a second time and a third time and fourth time. And then it's every Friday where you get picked up on the corner. Like, I, I kind of go ahead. Go ahead, Hannah. I'm sorry. I kind of have to disagree with you. I feel like hmm. it would be worse if it was just a one time thing because that would be like, okay, you just really don't care about your best friend and what he did to her and what he put her through. You just decided to be careless and have whoever was at your fingertips at that point in time but the fact that it's become a recurring thing it like even the way that it's shot the look in her eyes every time nate picks her up and then that one time that nate um ditched her or stood her up just that Mm -hmm. like look of despair is the exact same look that rue had in her eyes earlier on in the episode or maybe it was like later on in the episode but again it's an addiction and i don't know anyone who quite takes it to the same extent as Cassie does in real life Mm -hmm. um but all of these characters are meant to be exaggerations and hyperboles of things that we witness in our daily lives so yeah um, I I just feel bad for her I like if if I were Maddie I don't know if I would even be mad that's because it's part of me the reason I think I feel a little less bad not because I I do think that she needs help and I do see completely I do agree with the fact that they're parallels 100% of between her and Cassie I think the reason why I feel less bad is just because of like sometimes I put myself in the shoes of the character and I'm like if I found out I'm gonna use my best friend Cam as an example if I found out my best friend Cam like did that to me even though I love her and I wouldn't let a man tear us apart I would feel some type of way because it's like, I'm saying like, if it was any other guy, like if it was the same situation, just not with Nate Jacobs, I'd feel a little bit better about it. But I think that adds to her character and what she's going through. So I understand the choice. Yeah. I understand why it was done. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I have just a little less sympathy. Like my heart breaks for her. And I really wish that she gets out of this. But I think I also sympathize less because um I was actually... Uh, I saw this discourse about if Cassie was played by a POC. Mm. And I think that also resonated with the reason why I feel less empathy, just because also I feel like maybe if the character was someone else, if it was someone else's, um, if it looked like someone else, the way people would react, if the roles were reversed and it was Maddie, um, a Latina versus like Cassie, mm-hmm. I think it would be a lot different. And so mm-hmm. that's why you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, for her and her character. But um, I do see her trauma and what she's gone through. And I do see why she reacts the way she does and what her plot and who she chose does with the character. But I, I agree with your point as well. Like for sure. I just feel like I feel a little mm-hmm. less sympathy. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that scene in the hallway where she changed all the time. And she just applies to Maddie that same. And then you were yeah. Saying, I think that's the most heartbreak I've ever felt. She really just walked away like that. Like I, 
Cassie does need help. And I really want that for her. But I also, mm-hmm. I don't think Nate is the issue. Like, I think a lot of people are like, it's Nate, the issue. It's, I think she needs to dive deep. It, it needs mm-hmm. to, like, start with her father. Because that man really did a number on her. Um, and I, I, and I hope she, yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 please finish your point. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I I hope that she she finds help she needs for herself and not just to get away from Nate. I think it's, um, I I would agree with you, um, but I just think it's interesting how every single character's innermost traumas and most prevalent traumas stem from an issue they have with one of their parents, like with Rue, her dad's death, with Nate, his father with Jules, her mom and her alcoholism with Maddie. I'm pretty sure her father um, was slash is an alcoholic Um, Cassie and her father abandoning them. So I I just think that's very noted. Yeah. I'm going to have to note that because I don't, yeah, I don't think I've ever um, thought about it in that way. Yeah. I don't think so. Silent podcast, anything but silent. We talk about all that stuff. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so um, a couple characters left. There's a lot of like background people, like like McKay and Ellie, and all. we're not going to spend a whole episode on all them. Um, yeah. So um, we'll talk about them another day. Um, so next we have Maddie. As we, you know, we can transition to her because we just brought her up. Um, Maddie, mm-hmm. it seemed like she was a big character last season, and I think her and Cassie almost swapped places this season, which I think mm-hmm. it's fine. I, th- I think that she's still doing um, really good as a character. I think she's more... Me and Josie were talking about this before we went live. I think she's more of a comedic character now um, than she mm-hmm. was last time. But obviously, mm-hmm. um, when all this stuff comes out, it's going to be messed. Like, right now, she has the tape, so her dad's going to look for her. Um, Cassie and Nate are going through mm-hmm. something. It's a mess. So, I don't really know mm-hmm. what direction she's going to go into. I think um, it's it's weird, because I'm not going to lie. I did not like Maddie season one, mm-hmm. um, because I saw her and Nate almost kind of like the same thing. I didn't like that, like, when she slept with someone and then she pretended to black out almost and then just kind of, like, lie about it. And then I also didn't like that her and Nate kind of lied on the one dude to get him into jail just to Mm -hmm. bail Nate out. But at the same time, she's also being heavily manipulated, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So... I'm like my my opinion on her is actually kind of changing with time, um, but mm-hmm. I, I can also see that almost going away possibly, um, depending on how everything transpires once the information gets out. This whole tape information gets out is going to be messy. Um, so Josie, how do you feel about uh, Maddie as a character? Maddie's my girl. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I would be friends is. with Maddie. I mm. would. That mm. the thing is, is that. Uh, Hannah, you mentioned that like Euphoria, there's like uh, this idea that it's not as realistic as um, it would be. But Maddie reminds me of some of the girls I went to high school with. Oh, like, yeah. like I think she's yeah. one of the most realistic parts of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, take that with what you will. Um, but yeah, she. I think Maddie. Maddie, I think she has some of the most realistic like plot lines and thoughts sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like from the whole like her debating if she should go back with Nathan, like I Nate, sorry, I keep calling Nathan Nate. <laughs> um, 
I see like I see that in like so many of my friends like when they're like oh mm. should I get back with this guy who treated me like garbage in this debate and even even like we talked about her being the comedic element to the season from episode one with Tra- like I believe his name was Travis the guy in the mm-hmm. washroom years yeah, yeah from that to um her saying girl bye like are no girl are you serious when she was talking to um Cassie <laughs> oh in the bathroom yeah yeah like she just she's carrying the show kind of like how Fez is for me mm-hmm. sometimes like she just uh, I love her um and yeah I, I see a lot of people that I know in Maddie and like in my real life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of scared because the the mother of the kid she's babysitting when she asked her to zip down her dress, <laughs> red flag, major red flag for me. I don't know if it's going to carry weight, but I've seen that woman in the show's trailer in the um, in a pool with Maddie. Mm-hmm. So I'm very nervous for my girl. Um, I'm hoping mm-hmm. it will be more of an empowerment thing than things that we've seen before with kids who are underaged. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I love her. You can do no wrong. Well, season yeah. one, she can do some wrong. Well, right now, season mm-hmm. two, Maddie, she can do no wrong. <laughs> mm, we stand. I don't have anything else to add. I have nothing else to add. Maddie's just, there you go. Maddie's that girl. It's the confidence. For sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's why people are so drawn to her as a character. And then her outfits, her hair, her makeup. Right. And I think Alexa Demi has really found a way to make Maddie her own visually. So I love Maddie. All right. All right. Look, that's all we got. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So we got like two characters left. All right. Oh, okay. Next Lexi. is Kat. Oh, oh, you want? Oh. To, oh, we could talk about her too. I mean, look, we could do Lexi, and then we'll get to her. Um, okay. so let's talk about Lexi. I like Lexi. Um, I mm-hmm. think Lexi mm-hmm. like Fez. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Lexi has done one thing to annoy me this series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she hasn't done anything bad. She's like the most normal out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Hannah said she could get caught up in something at some point. Um, but. She has good intentions. I, I liked how she covered uh, for her sister when McKay almost caught her cheating. Um, I liked where uh, she helped Rue out with the whole urine sample, even when uh, her mom wanted her to get drugs. She she's just a good friend. I would want to be friends mm-hmm. with Lexi. Um, but Han, how do you feel about Lexi? I well, I'm so glad that we're seeing more of both Lexi and Fez this season um, as their individual characters, but also in the context of like you know, their little thing that they may or may not have. Um, But I see so much of myself in Lexi. Um, So I'm really excited to see how she evolves. And I hope that she's the only person that evolves for the better and not for the worst. (laughs) But of course, this is euphoria. Um, So I just don't think that we'll be getting any of the the former. I think we'll actually be getting the latter. Um, But yeah, I love Lexi. How about you, Josie? No, because I also agree with Hannah. I do see myself in Lexi, uh, especially the part where she's like, I'm not going to be passive anymore. She pulled up and she just stood there, like the standing yeah. woman emoji. Yeah, mm-hmm. I felt that. <laughs> I felt that. Um, she, I think Lexi, her being observant 
is very interesting. I feel like we have a lot of active characters or they're in, like helping someone, whereas someone sitting back and kind of watching back, even to the point where she feels like her life's a show, like, wow. Mm-hmm. There are some points I just really relate to. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I think we need characters like Lexi. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things going on, and mm-hmm. I think people like shows where they can relate to or see themselves. And I think a lot of people feel that way about Lexi. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm excited to see what she does, and I'm I'm hoping it's for the better as well. But I <laughs> love Lexi and. Um, she will always be Bob Ross to me in my heart. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she's precious. Awesome. Oh, no, I like that she's running the play too, by the way. I feel like something's mm-hmm. going to go down with all that at some point. Like, you know how there was a big carnival episode? There could be like a huge play episode that we're just not aware of yet. Um, oh, yeah. No, I think you're right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> um, so, all right. Now we got two people left. Um, so, Cat is one of them. Um, Cat is an interesting character. I think that she's had an interesting arc. Um, I think her plot line, season two, um, in comparison to season one, are a little bit different. Season one, it felt like she was really just trying to figure herself out, learn about herself, um, and then eventually, you know, end up with Ethan. That's his name. Um, but this season, uh, it it seems like any time that we get Cat screen time, it's more so. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I think she's like having doubts and uh, I guess she's trying to avoid self-sabotaging right now. Um, I don't know how to really explain Kat's character. I mean, can yeah. you? To be honest, no. I'm not like mm. super invested in Kat's mm. storyline this season. Um, yeah. I forgot that she was even dating Ethan. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think that a lot of Kat's character is tied to her sexuality and that's fine, mm. but I just wish mm-hmm. we got more of Kat. I agree. And she wasn't over-sexualized or hyper-sexualized on the show. Yeah, they definitely like threw her in no situation like the entire first season. Um, yeah, that's why I wish that yeah. we would get more of just Kat. Maybe then yeah. I would be more invested in her character. Do you feel the same, Josie? I think... I think the reason why the audience may not know Kat is also because she doesn't know who she is. I think mm-hmm. the first episode that we were introduced to all the characters, she is the background of her group. So Cassie, uh, BB, and Maddie. Um, and then she gets forced into a situation where, you know, she feels like she, I guess, peer pressure, uh, for lack of a better word, perhaps. Um is what gets to her to, you know, explore her sexuality and lose her virginity. And then it feels like she's kind of almost like forcing herself to be an extreme. Now she's sexual because she's put in a position by other people to be exposed. Uh, and when she's not even ready to, and I don't think she's comfortable with that. So she goes from one extremity to the other. And because she doesn't actually know who she is, that scale, that balance is all over the place. And... I think the scene, I think she's defined by what she looks like on the outside, like her body type. And I think that's why we've seen this extremity and we don't actually know who she is. And there's a lack of attachment there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's why um, 
the last, even though we haven't seen much of her, like the scenes that we have seen where it's really about her, they're very telling. Um, the false body pot, like I want to say, like, um, I don't know if it's proper, but hyper positivity about um, loving yourself and your body mm -hmm. and everyone being beautiful. I think that is a real thing that stems. I think people just say everyone should love themselves and everyone is beautiful, but it's also hard when you've always seen the societal standard of what beauty is. And that's mm -hmm. literally what happened to Kat from start to end. So her not knowing herself, plus this false sense of like, she needs to love herself when most people don't, um, I think is something really telling. Um, even the actress herself, she's like, you know, I, it's weird that I have to be this world model when sometimes I don't even like how I feel or I'm not always as confident. Um, so I think there's a reason why we have that lack of um, feeling or love for Kat. And I feel like maybe people who have been in her situation may be a little bit more lenient, like feel that more closely like I do. I've, I've always felt like hypersexualized because of my body. So I feel like I'm um, a, an audience member who might look at Kat a little bit slightly different than others, but it's understandable why we, the general public views Kat the way they do. Mm. Interesting. Oh, sorry. I just have to go in like five minutes. Oh, no, you're good. I just wanted Hannah. to let you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that was like the last character. I mean, we already basically talked about Cal already, whatever. So, I mean, like, we can, we're done. Oh, Cal Jacobs. And even bigger yeah. than me. That's a whole nother podcast <laughs> for another day. Yeah, with his um, best friend from high school. And... Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. Yes, that's a whole right. podcast that I want to say for another day. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. there you have it. I mean, that's basically um, us talking about the main characters or like the people who really get mm -hmm. screen time in Euphoria. Um, next episode comes out on Sunday, so we can actually start talking about like breaking down the episodes. Me and Josie, whenever um, we get back together, we'll have like a guest or everything. But Hannah, thank you for just doing like a little quick catch up on podcast. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, yo, I'm I'm watching you for it, and then I saw you tweet. I'm like, yo, that's so weird. I was just watching it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> thanks for coming through. I do have a question. Um, what are What's your guys' predictions for this season? I think either Fez or Ash are going to die, or I mean Ali, who is another person I want to talk about at some point, mm. could die as well. Um, trying to bail Rue out. Um, mm. I don't think Rue and Jules are going to work out, but if they do and Elliot comes in the thing, somehow it could be something Polly related. I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. And then I feel like uh, Nate's dad is going to get exposed. And I I feel like if, if there's a third season, it's got to be some like court thing, like kind of like what they did with 13 Reasons Why. 13 but, Reasons Why, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's my prediction. I think you're prediction. right. Yeah. How about you, Josie? I I actually think Elliot will die. Mm. Um, I think they're not gonna make Rue die, and Elliot's the only other person doing drugs. I feel like it would make sense for him to die. Rue has overdosed and um come back all the time. And I feel like Elliot's the perfect character where um he will be maybe the example that really maybe could set Rue mm. right. Um, because he is not an addict as her. So I feel like maybe that could be, um, a good use of his character. Um, especially since if he dies, I feel like there will be less of like pain <laughs> and like feds, but I think we will get attached to Elliot. Of course. Anyways, like we do any character. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I do think Lexi's play will cause drama because I think her play is based off all of the cast. 
um, especially mm -hmm. Cassie, which is why I think she was hiding it a secret from her. I think we'll see uh, Ethan, Kat's boyfriend, um, do something. I he he's gonna do something. Like something's mm -hmm. gonna wake. I don't know what he's gonna do. He's gonna do something. Um, like I don't know if he's gonna capture our hearts or do something to move the plot. But I don't think it, it's as simple as him just being Kat's boyfriend. Um, I'm hoping that. I'm also scared for my good sis Cassie, but yeah, but those are my those are my main predictions for sure. Okay, well, anyone who's watching live or watching on the audio platforms or watching the YouTube video, wherever you watch this, thank you for hanging out. Um, I'm looking forward to doing this with Josie. Um, Hannah, thanks for coming. Where can people find you? What are you up to? Thanks for having me. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Hannah Chata, just my first and last name. And then you can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Hannah underscore Chata. All I right. Think. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> no, sure. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Right. You probably know better than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Josie, how about you? Where can people find you? Um, all my handles are the same. Uh, it's Josiane, J-O-S-I-A-N-E-X-N-M. Um, I'm also starting a graphic design account. Um, oh, so nice. it's graphics by Josie. Very excited. Putting my degree to use. Yes. Um, and <laughs> yeah, that's really it. I'm going to be here with Isaiah all the time. So, I mean, that's where you can find me. All right. Nice. And like usual, you can find me at 8 Bangers, um, podcasting about all that fun stuff, doing Ox Quarter Prove at Rob as a podcast. Um, and then if you guys go on the silent podcast um, platforms on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all that stuff, uh, there's plenty of people talking about stuff like Never Have I Ever, um, Amazing Race, Big Brother Celebrity, which starts next week and all that other fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So until next time, we will see you. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.